Namaste. Today we are going to read a prayer from the Mother's Prayers and Meditations. March 28th, 1914. It's the prayer she writes just one day before reaching Pondicherry. So very often people, now probably less, but at one point of time, people used to have this misconception that the mother is a disciple of Shirobindo. There are a number of letters of Shirobindo clearing this misconception. At best, we can say that she is his spiritual collaborator. In fact, the least we can say. But at best, we can say what the mother herself has said. And Shirobindo has confirmed in his own way that without him, I exist not. Without me, he is unmanifest. And one of the letters which Shirobindo wrote in his own handwriting, it's not a letter, but it's like an invocation. In 1927, soon after the ashram is formed, he writes, I am the Shakti of Shirobindo. But he wrote it for mother. So she is none else but the Divine Mother, the Shakti of the Lord, who has taken a human form. And before coming to Shirobindo, she already was an adept in the yoga of the Gita and the Buddhist yoga. Buddhist yoga means she had completely mastered the ego self, the desired self, had experienced nirvana and she, um, you know, the Gita, just a copy was given to her. Very poor translation. And she read the Gita and the key that she had was that Krishna is the divine within. And she took it that, you know, I have to realize this divine within. And within a few months it was done. So she had already realized the truth of the Gita. She had realized the truth of the Buddhist Yoga. She had experienced all the chakras awakening, which are traditionally in Kundalini, there are seven chakras. She had experienced all the, the twelve chakras, right from the soul up to the crown and beyond. She had already experienced conscious death twice or thrice when she completely the cord which connects the human body with the subtle body was cut. So she had experienced that. She had already built a passage for those who have even a little faith in the divine to pass through a safe passage in the vital world. That degree of occult uh, capacity she had. She had built a new passage like that hyper tunnel through which those who have even a little faith can pass through. They don't have to um, you know, otherwise normally if you look at the tradition with all the knowledge what we were doing was you know, occult practices like Shrad and all this so that you dissolve the vital being. She built a totally new passage. She had already given body to one of the Asuric beings to get converted. Actually created a body which was almost physical. She said, but it couldn't be stabilized fully in the physical body. So after six months, it just got dissolved. But almost gave a body to that. So practically she formed a material body, a near material body, out of uh, consciousness. So you can imagine, you know, the original creatrix. She was an adept in, you know, she had already gone through these different layers of consciousness, which she describes as... You know, layers of music, layers of art, 
Beyond the art and painting, there is music. Then there is the realm of the idea. Then the realm of lights, and then the formless. All these experiences before coming to Pondicherry, and uh, she could easily transmit an experience, say of the infinite in the finite, of complete silence, cosmic consciousness. Even at the age of eleven to thirteen, she would experience that um, she is going up in the sky, and the robe is. Widening and widening and widening, and all kinds of people are coming to take shelter into it, and they would just touch it and feel healed, and many many more things. The Raj Yoga of um, Patanjali, she had read a book by Swami Vivekananda on Raj Yoga, and she had realized it. That's the time she experienced also the awakening of the Kundalini. She was in constant contact with many of these masters, and one of them she would call as Krishna. So what was really left for her to really do? She had gone beyond the rishis of the Upanishads, as should be confirmed when she came. So one thing we must understand that the mother is not a disciple of Shurabindo. Yes, she called him Lord because he is the Lord. But we should also know that Shurabindo called her mother because she is the divine mother. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what a beautiful relation this is—the relation of Ishwara and. Shakti, a relation which in times to come, in future, probably this is the new model or the new prototype of what a perfect relationship would be when human love transcends and um, get transmuted into the divine love. So this is the divine mother. Yes, it's her humility that she always stayed in the background, looking at the samadhi. We have her prayer. Let them worship thee to their heart's content. But I have come for the work, so that's her humility. But uh, we should not, uh, you know. Uh, often people get this, still get these perplexing doubts. Early days we can understand, but now after all that, Shurbindo wrote about her, 1927, this book, The Mother, and all the number of letters where he says very clearly that if you want to take up this yoga, you have to turn to the mother. When somebody asks that the mother is your force, he says, "Yes, you can call her as your Bindu's force. So why can't we turn to you? If we turn to you, we'll get everything uh, that is needed for yoga. And if we turn to the mother, also we'll get everything that is needed for the yoga." Shubindu says the mother proposition is true, but as far as I am concerned, if you turn only to me. Then you will get only twenty-five percent of the help because it is going through the mother. That is the arrangement, the divine Himself. And this is the original arrangement in creation, that the divine, in His static aspect, lets everything come through the dynamic impulsions of the divine truth. Those dynamic impulsions reach the earth and awaken, you know, matter to all the new and wonderful possibilities. So in this yoga, the golden rule or the one rule of this yoga, people often ask that yoga is very difficult, very difficult because they read all kinds of things. But at another level, it's the simplest of simple yogas. The one rule for this yoga, one rule, is to turn to the mother and open to her psychically, with psychic bhaktis, to have a psychic opening to the mother. What is psychic opening? Psychic opening is an opening which demands nothing but gives itself. The psychic being is that part in us which recognizes the divine without going through all these complicated mental ratiocinations. 
So in this yoga, when one recognizes the mother as the mother, then one can say that yes, one is taken up in the path. As long as this recognition has not occurred, one may read books, one may give a lot of talks, one may be well known as a hundred and one things. But the true initiation in this yoga is when one knows by an intrinsic, innate, intuitive sense that yes, she is the Divine Mother. When Mother was asked, what is meant when you say I have initiated someone? She says, when I say I have initiated someone, it means that I have made the person recognize me. There is no logic to it. It is not by logic. Because logic plays with, you know, for every logic. For instance, there is a very touching uh, conversation, talk of the mother given to, I think it is in Japan, where she speaks to the women of Japan. And then subsequently she speaks about India. And she says that India is the land where, uh, you know, it is the land where all the difficulties are there. And yet India is the land where they are the greatest possibilities. And then she says, was it not in India that someone said, we don't know who said it, but someone said that um, an avatar would never come in the body of a woman because no right thinking Indian would ever recognize her. And then he says, at the same time, is it not in India that a woman is worshipped as Shakti? So she was uh, showing us the way through every utterance of the mother. So to turn to the mother is the great secret of this yoga. For those who keep asking, what is the method? What is the method? What is the method? There is one method. Turn to the mother. Second method, open to the mother. Third method, be receptive to the mother. Fourth method, give yourself to the mother. Fifth method, give yourself completely to the mother. Sixth method, call her name. Ma, 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 ma. Seventh method, completely depend on the mother. Rely on the mother. Eighth method, know that there is no method except for turning to the mother. So, all else one can do. You see, it's okay. Sit in meditation. So, what do we do in meditation? Open to the mother. That's what one does in meditation. One is candid, simple. Mother says, what should you do? What should be your state in meditation? She should. It should be like a candid child. It's not like, okay, I'm doing a meditation. Now I must sit like this. This how I must do. God will laugh. Be like a child, open, candidly. Candidly means not covering, hiding. I am a meditating person. No, just be like a child, open to the mother, as a flower to the sun. That's what is the rule of meditation. What about work? Dedicated to the mother. What about things which we think are good and bad? Open to her everything. Don't hide anything from the mother. Tell her all your even secret wishes. Mother has said so. Secret wishes, plans. So why? Because she will touch it with her grace, that magic wand. And change it, transmute it. We give her the base metal. And she transmutes it into gold. That's the golden touch. So in this yoga, again, one golden rule. Whatever you do, do it as if you are, she is looking at you. This is the beauty of this yoga. And this applies to every aspect of life. So this is the mother when she is coming to Shurabindo. The greatest thing is when Shurabindo was asked um, that some yogi said that, you know, you were sitting on the way from 1910 to 1914. He said that, no, not 1914, but he said after going to Pondicherry because Shurabindo was now finding a way to the future. 
Nobody has trod that path. So he's opening a door to the supramental. So he says that, well, this could be true before the mother's coming. After the mother's coming, all the blocks were removed and within one year, he advanced so rapidly. So this was just the effect of her coming. Mother would not say all these things because she is the mother and a woman who has learnt always to efface herself and stay in the background. So this the mother, Shubindra has already said, all, all the realizations of my yoga would have remained theoretical and practically valid for me, but not for others. I could not have given it to others. So by the mother's coming, the yoga suddenly from an individual possibility became a collective possibility. So we read today a prayer, all this before she has come to Pondicherry. So all that has transpired after that, she went to Japan, many, many other experiences. And then she comes in 1920. Shubhinda at one place says she entered the supermind through the front door, not any side door. In her prayer, she has already foreseen that man's true domicile is, she has not used the word supermind, she has used the, that X where the higher hemisphere and the lower hemisphere is meeting. All this is there. The new world will be born. It's all documented. Not even like, is there in a prayer? A new world shall be born. A new light shall break upon the earth. So much later when it happens, she takes that prayer and cuts shall. And instead of shall be, she writes, a new world is born. A new light breaks upon earth. So obviously, how did she know all this? This before meeting Shurabindu again, I must emphasize that. She is not a disciple of Shirobindo. She is his spiritual collaborator and his Shakti. And as far as this yoga is concerned, it is a complete dependence of the, on the mother with complete faith and surrender that this yoga can be done and not otherwise. So we read this prayer of March 28th, 1914. She has taken a long journey. And I think journey started March 7th, somewhere, and then she has come all the way. She is reaching Pondicherry. From the time we started, and every day more and more, in all things, we can see thy divine intervention. Everywhere, thy law is expressed. So she has developed that she has come fully aware that in all things the divine is working, intervening and all this world creation is his endless act. And I need all my inner conviction to feel that this is perfectly natural. So in her life there is nothing else but the divine working. So that I do not pass from wonder to wonder. So there are people who ask then whom she is praying. She is the divine. Who is this other divine? Who is the master she is speaking of? Is she Shurabindo? Of course this is raised by minds which do not know the mystery of avatarhood. The avatar is the supreme taking a human body. Half she wails and half unveils. She knows that she is speaking to her own higher self. And yet she must speak as if she is here as a human being. 
Otherwise, how she will show the way? She has not come to do some arbitrary miracles. Look here, I am the divine. I'll do this. So she is showing us humans the way to reach the divine. Should be the letters are there. This is the beauty of the avatar. He is at once God and human. Is Rama human or is Rama God? Is Krishna human or is Krishna God? Is Christ human or is Christ God? So the avatar is at once both. He is a dual phenomena. So in the front there is the human because he has to open the path through the human consciousness. And deep within she is consciously the divine and progressively this divinity is manifesting through all the layers of the human consciousness. Now look at this experience. At no moment, it's not an experience, a realization. At no moment do I feel that I am living outside thee. Who is this thee? He is the supreme. Then who is Shurabindo? The supreme who has taken a human body. As simple as that. Q-E-D. Who is greater? Depends on how you look at it. To me, the supreme taking a human body is greater. <laughs> and definitely closer. More intimate. I can't connect to supreme who is all somewhere, everywhere. <laughs> Nowhere. You can equally say about this. Where is he? Nowhere because it's not easy to experience him. Where is he? Everywhere. Because all is he. Somewhere. Where do I find him? In the center of the heart, above the crown of the head. So he is everywhere, nowhere, somewhere. Anywhere you can find him. So all this applies. But he takes when he takes a human body, how beautiful it is. Where is the supreme? The supreme is what you adore in Shirobindo. It becomes so easy. We don't have to conceptualize who is the Divine Mother, Divine Shakti, oh there she is. So it makes so easy for the human consciousness to make a contact with the Divine. And not only easy, because mind lives in form and name. Whose mind can live without name and form? And the moment you try it, you enter into an abstraction. The mind needs the support of name and form. That's why the Divine takes a human name and form. And it's a Terrible thing for the divine to do it. But that's the divine sacrifice. So it takes a name and form. So it becomes easy for us to connect. So that's a great sacrifice. At no moment do I feel that I am living outside thee. And never have the horizons appeared. Vaster to me and the depths at once more luminous and unfathomable. Because she is coming to meet the Lord. You know in India you have the custom of Durga Puja. So you know how the Divine Mother comes. There is the Bel Bharni, Puja. And then she comes and meets the Lord. You know, that's how it is. All the nine days. So finally she reaches that crown, Shiddhidhatri. Then she recognizes her own highest self, effulgent. She is the giver of all boons. And then she becomes one with the Lord. So she is as she is nearing closer and closer, she is feeling that fullness, that plenitude, that vastness, all endless possibilities are opening up. If we read this prayer, keeping in mind that she is just one day from entering into what is called as Shirbindo Zora. Because she says that, that the moment we came near 10 miles away from the sea, she suddenly experienced Shirbindo Zora. So this is just before she is entering. Grant... O oh, Divine Teacher, 
divine teacher is there or here again the divine teacher is there in everybody's heart but he has worn a human form and face can we really hear the divine teacher inside that's why you have the guru or the human representative for this very purpose maybe an odd person may be able to but chances are that 99% he will hear the voice of his ego and call it that i'm hearing the divine teacher that's why the divine mystery but she could because she is the pole bearer she is the one who is opening the path grant o divine teacher so she is asking something from the divine teacher that we may know and accomplish our mission upon earth better and better more and more such a beautiful simple prayer what work you have given us that mission may be accomplished and we must know you so that without knowing if we do your work then it will always remain half fulfilled so knowledge must be there that we may make full use of all the energies that are in us so what are these energies we have a thought the energy of thought ek vicharon ki shakti the power of thought within us we have feelings bhav shakti we have ikshya shakti we have sankalp shakti we have deha shakti all these we we have of course atma shakti all these are various energies given to us so she is saying may we make the full use of these energies how beautiful it is and thy sovereign presence become manifest ever more perfectly in the silent depths of our soul in all our thoughts all our feelings all our actions so this what he is already there in the depths may we become aware and may he manifest more and more because there is no end to this manifestation in our thoughts feelings actions and then comes the master's stroke i find it almost strange to speak to thee so much is it thou who livest in me thinkest and lovest so much she is identified with him that when i say thee there is still a slight veil of separation but i am experiencing that you are the one who thinks in me you are the one who loves in me and through me and you are the one who lives in me and through me so this is a wonderful prayer and may we live the truth of this wonderful prayer namaste